Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, and this week we have another very special guest. We have Sophie Kelly, so say hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Cool, no worries. And obviously, we are joined by Paul C, which you still yet to find out his surname, and uh, Johnny Lewis. All right, boys. Hi, hi. Doing all right. Doing all right. Cool. Well, we do have a little announcement, don't we? Uh, I guess so. A very little announcement. You bring that up straight away. Okay, cool. Well, I um, yeah, I um, have just become a father for the first time. So. Four, four days old, so I'm doing pretty well to be able to do this right now. To be fair, because she's in the other room. So. It's uh, yeah, it's like the most amazing thing, honestly. Like Johnny, obviously, what are you now? Two weeks, two days. Two weeks, two days. Two days, or to your due date, and I can honestly say it is literally the best thing you can ever imagine. It's like I, I it, people say to you beforehand, it's it'll be the best thing and you'll just love it instantly and you kind of like you you know but you don't know it's like until it happens you just don't really know so yeah it's just amazing so i can't wait yeah i can't wait for you mate genuinely i because i because obviously the emotions i've been going through the last few days like i cannot wait for you to go through them as well it's going to be amazing so thank you Thank you. There is a little picture on Instagram. Go have a little cheeky look. She, she, is, she is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say that because I'm biased, but there we go. Cool. Um, yeah, well, there's obviously the announcement out of the way. I guess, obviously, Sophie, we've got you on because we wanted to talk about your amazing journey, I suppose. So, um, Paul, I know you're obviously going to lead on some of the questions that we've, we've got. Yeah, that. sure. So, yeah, I just sort of... Um, I met Soph through uh, Team Box, who we both have coaches under, um, and it's been quite a amazing journey to sort of see Sophie transform into the sort of I wouldn't say finished product yet because you I know you've probably got lots more goals coming up, but yeah. to get to where you have got is amazing. So you can kind of if you could just sort of give us a bit of a insight into your sort of journey from. Uh, just sort of how you were because obviously we've all been quite overweight in our times all the sort of lads on here have and sort of trimmed down and you have well you've done spectacular amounts I think haven't you yeah you're telling me that I was really overweight Paul no 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 <laughs> he knows I how to talk to a lady just... <laughs> all right, I'll I do. Fine, don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so for those that don't know, um, so I've lost in total about seven stone now. Um, so I'm only little, so I'm only five foot, and I used to weigh nearly 16 stone. So as you can imagine, I was literally like square. Um, I was I was big for, um, I know men aren't that clued up on dress sizes, but any women that are listening, I was like a size 22, 24. Um, and that was when I was like 18 to 25. Well, from when I was in, in school, I was overweight um, up to about the age of 24, 25. Um, so pretty much all like my teens and my early 20s, I was I was that big. Um, and now, as I say, I've lost just over seven stone. Um, 
and in dress sizes again that's like a size 8 size 10 um and three weeks ago I did my first bodybuilding competition um which I guess is unbelievable it was never something that when I initially started losing weight I ever thought I would ever do um because is there anything scarier than standing on a stage in a bikini to be judged on how you look um I actually don't think there is um so yeah so that's kind of very brief um of my journey um I guess as well like I wasn't ever into fitness or anything like that at school I didn't even do PE or I was never in any fitness teams or anything um and now I absolutely love training um I I actually love cardio as well which is outrageous I can't believe I even say that but I really enjoy it um and yeah I can't really imagine my life now without having kind of fitness and that type of thing in it um and I'm now as well a qualified nutrition coach I'm training to be a personal trainer um and yeah like losing weight has completely changed my whole life really from how I look to how I feel and also where I plan to take my career so it's been massive for me it's awesome I can't say that but can I sorry no we're taking (laughs) we're taking it back sorry Ed can beat I am taking it back I'm taking that back because I like that word. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So I guess sort of we've all, I, I mean, I've spoken before and sort of blogged about my sort of eureka moment of seeing a sort of picture on Facebook of when I realised you put a bit of timber on there, old boy, and uh, time to start moving, actually moving. <laughs> um, so... What kind of started you? Was there any sort of specific moment that started you on your weight loss journey, or yeah, there were. It wasn't. It wasn't like a picture or anything like that, as it is for a lot of people. And I think that's because, as I said, I, I've always been overweight. When I was a kid, I was overweight. I'd never been thinner, so I'd never known any difference. So it wasn't kind of a picture that made me think, "Oh, you're looking a bit fat now," because that that was who I was. So I never had that. Um, there were two main things though that triggered it. Um, one, I was on, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries, which is quite common. A lot of women get diagnosed with that. Um, and I was told that I wouldn't be able to have children, which again, a lot of women are told, and that's not necessarily true. For, so for any woman that is told that, that's not necessarily true. Um, there are many women that have polycystic ovaries that go on to have children. Um, and that was kind of a trigger for me because I didn't actually know at the time what it meant. Um, and as well, because of that, I was suffering a lot with kind of side effects of being overweight and having polycystic ovaries. And at one point I was on like 20 tablets a day for things like, this is gross, by the way, um, for things like um, I suffered with excessive sweating, which is not nice as a woman. I'm sure it's not nice as a guy, but as a woman, it's not nice. Um I had like quite bad skin. Um, I had one of the side effects of polycystic ovaries is you can get hair growth. So some women actually suffer with facial hair. And thankfully I didn't, but I did have hair like on my stomach and that type of thing. So I had a lot of issues and was on a lot of tablets. And they did tell me losing weight would help ease those symptoms. Um, So that was one trigger. And then in the same week, um, me and some of my work friends went out on a Friday night, just as we always did. 
And some of the boys I was with were talking about a girl at the bar. And this seems so stupid, but this is what actually triggered me to lose weight. They were talking about a girl at the bar. And one of them was joking with one of the guys saying, oh, go and speak to her. And he was like, no, she's really fat. Like, I'd speak to her. And I just said, what did you just say about her? And they wouldn't tell me what they said. And this was one of my really good friends. And he wouldn't repeat it. And I said, are you just not repeating it? Because you've just called her fat and she's a lot smaller than I am. So it's offensive to me. Mm. And he was just like, no, no, no. You know, like that awkward moment that you get. And for some reason, those two things within the space of a week just triggered me to do something. And I'm really grateful for both of those things because if it wasn't for that moment in the bar, I don't know what would have triggered me to lose weight. Because one of the things I genuinely think is you might want to do it, but until you're switched on, until something is switched in your head, you will not be able to do it. You can try every single thing under like all the plans, anything you want to try, but until that switch is flipped in your head, you won't do it. And for some reason, those two things triggered me. So that's what it was, really, that started it. That, I think it's a really cool answer because you absolutely you hit the nail on the head, honestly, with the the motivation part. Like, you're right. Like, you can try any plan, but if you're not ready to change, you don't. Like, I, I have people come to me now still sometimes looking for help or even, like, a few people come one-to-one coaching where you just say, look, I just don't think you're ready. Like, there's a, there's a yeah. couple of people that just, you know, it's you, you, you kind of almost know as a coach that if you kind of struggling straight away to even get in some of the information you think look you're just not ready to change like you're, you're yeah. showing all this promise of wanting to do stuff but when it comes to kind of following through with things you're just you're just clearly not ready because otherwise you'd have done them and so yeah that's a that's a great great point thanks I, I totally agree the amount of people that come and ask me for advice or you know I've given advice to in the past and they're just they're just not there and mm. you might want to do it but you need to commit to it and if if they're not if they're not a hundred percent they they won't they won't get there and people don't like you saying that but it's true you you have to be switched on and if you're not you're not going to get your you're not going to achieve your goal. Do you think yeah. people think it's easy to lose weight until they actually try? Yeah, the amount and well, the amount of people that say to me you've got it easy or you've had it easy and things like that and I think no I've not. I've had it really hard. I've had it as hard as everyone else, but I've stuck to it. And the amount of people that also think, oh, well, if she's done that, then it must be easy. It can't be that hard. But there are so many obstacles that you come up against and so many times when you have to make a choice and a lot of people can't do that. They choose to not stick to the plan um, and just hope that they'll get the results. So, yeah, I think people, it's not easy. It's hard work. It's simple, and as long as you follow it, you'll get there. But it, it's not as easy as some people think it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, so like, so what are some of the? Because as we all have all been through lots of different plans and strategies, what kind of like a small sort of in insight into the ones you've tried and what have you found? Or what did you find so, worked for you? Yeah, so initially um, I started with like slimming groups, which I actually think are a great way for some people to get into weight loss. Um, So things like Weight Watchers, Slimming Worlds, any of them. I don't necessarily agree with the principles of them, but I think from an accountability point of view, they're really good. And for me at the start, um, it worked because I didn't know anything about nutrition. 
um, my diet was crap, like crap. Um, when you think about like kind of a standard overweight person diet, that was me. Like on a Friday night, I would have a kebab, I'd have cake. And I would have like a foot long Subway and then go and have dinner. After that, I'd have like four slices of bread with my dinner and stuff. My diet was shocking. So something like uh, Slimming World, I thought was really good for me because it meant I could still eat. I could eat a lot. Um, And it just gave me that initial kind of understanding of what was healthy and what wasn't healthy at the start. And I think they are good for that. But then I soon kind of stopped doing that just because... I kept hitting kind of like a brick wall with it. I wasn't getting anywhere. And now on reflection, I think it's because they don't necessarily teach portion control. Um, You can eat and eat and eat so long as you're eating the right things, which isn't the way to do it. And it makes you develop an appetite of like a rhino. So it's not the best way. Um, Then I started using um, like these products that you see online. So shakes, I've done that. And I... I wouldn't do it again. It's not necessary. I followed a clean eating plan. And by clean eating, I mean, I literally was having like handfuls of nuts and things like that. Again, like for me, it, it didn't work. Um, and then I kind of, that's when I got into nutrition a bit more and did more of kind of macro tracking. Um, I was quite rigid though with it. So I wasn't flexible dieting at all. Um, my macros were tracked, but they were coming from kind of your standard chicken and that type of thing. You know, I was always doing low carb and things like that, um, but I wasn't flexible and I would have a cheat meal every week. So every Saturday I would have a cheat meal. I would have a massive pizza with a can of iron brew and a pick and mix. Um, that was my cheat meal every Saturday. And again, like I wasn't really making that much progress, even though I was in the gym. Um, and then. The past 18 months have been, I guess, if it fits your macros tracking. So I have been macro tracking. I am very flexible. Um, and then in the past 18 months, as I say, I've lost about three stone of the seven. So um, I've kind of been all over the place, really, um, and tried a bit of everything. And I think sometimes you have to. I'm not against any plan because some things work for people. You know, some people do these shakes and it works for them and they enjoy it. You don't necessarily understand why it works for them, but it does. Um, and that's fine. It's I think it's whatever works for you, really. And I think for me, flexible dieting wouldn't have worked at the start of my journey because it's too it's too free. It's there's too much freedom. Like for me to go and have a pizza tonight, I'm fine with that now. But for me to have a pizza back then would have meant that I'd not carried on with my journey. Um, so I think you do have to kind of try a few things and figure out what works for you. And at different stages of your journey, a different plan will work for you. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I think weirdly, um, as I'm kind of attempting like a year long bulk, more or less, I think I'll have to be more rigid and not and not look at being that flexible in what I eat because I just. I lose focus and I just won't, I'll either won't hit my, what I meant to eat. I won't hit the amount of calories I meant to intake. Or if I do, I'm just going to choose really bad sort of, not bad sources, but just not optimal sources of foods. So I I kind of think the flexible dieting works really well for me when I was dropping weight, sort of when I eventually found it, obviously. Um, 
but going up to build on i think i'm gonna have to get more rigid than i would be when i was i found it quite easy to diet not yeah. that, that, on the, that, that's the quite a, yeah that's quite a funny point i mean we obviously talked a lot about it with dan davies obviously in the two episodes ago um mm. obviously being kind of his specialty although he'd hate to be labeled even though it's his whole brand name but he's not he's more than flexible diet and that guy's a good guy um but yeah we talked about actually normally you become more rigid when you're are losing weight and obviously you've just said completely the opposite really haven't you and I get why I guess it's because one of those things where and I, I think I'm I can completely relate to you a, a little bit and though I am still quite flexible when I'm I'm massive but I get what you're saying I think in that because your mentality switches and you're almost like and I suppose that actually also I'm jumping around in circles here because things are popping in my head it also comes back to also, I suppose Sophie what you were saying about not having a goal now post-show and it's so easy to rebound you just you don't have any focus, and it's the same with kind of when you're trying to put on weight. You, the shackles are off to a certain extent in dieting, and all of a sudden it's a bit like I can have this, I can have that. And it's so easy to go too far the other way and think actually I'm going to have everything when you still really need to have a, a good level of restriction. Does that make sense? Yeah, you yeah. know, you know one yeah, of the sure. things I know. Sorry, I know we've, we're jumping a little, but one of the things that I did. My first week post-show, I mean, Paul, you'll know this because I posted it in the team box group, is I actually got meal prep from a meal prep company. And I, I love cooking and I would never usually get meal prep or anything. But I, I didn't want that week to be flexible because I thought the minute I'm flexible, even though I can be, and I've got the macros to be flexible, but the minute I'm given the freedom, I'll, I'll go off the rails. Nice. And I, I, I couldn't trust myself. Such a smart strategy really is yeah and and I think that's what's helped me post show kind of not go off the rails because I didn't I, I wouldn't allow myself I thought no. they're my meals for the day and that's it that's what that's really I mean you've already touched it before we obviously start recording but like just maybe reference back to some of the fellow competitors that you're still in touch with and what their approach has been afterwards yeah so obviously like you know on on show day I this I, I knew this would happen because a lot of people had told me what happens backstage. But um, I'm not joking. In the changing rooms, whilst we were waiting, because my category was the last one. So I was in the changing room still at the back, like the dressing room, waiting to go on stage for the kind of winners to be announced and whatnot. Um, there were girls in the back with trays of Krispy Kreme donuts, shoving these donuts in the mouths. And like a chocolate everything talking about going for a burger that night which is cool you know I get it you you do that but now there's girls that still who I speak to kind of a couple of weeks on now we're nearly three weeks post-show still having those binge moments some of these girls have gained six seven kilograms in three weeks which I would be devastated with I would be absolutely devastated and that's more than a stone and like I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I'm only about three pounds above stage weight at the moment, and a lot of that is probably because my carbs have like gone up from seventy grams a day to two hundred grams a day. So that's going to have an impact on my weight anyway. Yeah. Um. So actually, you know, I, I just, I think you need to think about post show, and that that binge can just continue and continue unless you you can control it somehow and and I just thought I'm not I'm not going to have anything in the house I'm not going to plan to go crazy if it happens it happens but you can't plan for it and some of these girls didn't and now they're back to where they were pre their prep yeah I I think that's also a good strategy to have for people that just generally dieting as well obviously it works it's (laughs) it's almost hyper focused so much when 
someone like yourself who's come post-shows had such a long dieting time. But when you think of kind of general pop that are just trying to diet to lose weight and have been going through stages of binge and restrict, which a lot of people have done when they're just, you know, dieting over years or decades of their life, just having things like rules around not having junk food in the house can be so important because it's just too easy to have it there. And you've almost got to set up your environment to win. You often hear a lot of people and coaches talk about it, don't you? Just set yourself up and just don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah, I think, you know, that's probably one of my biggest tips for people when they ask me kind of how to lose weight and that type of thing. It's know what you're going to fail on. And for me, it's things like if I have a packet of biscuits in the house, if I open it, I'll eat it. And, you know, it, I, sound, I sound really sad and a bit kind of, my, my boyfriend calls me mini Hitler because I'm like this structured about things. But um, my boyfriend had to take a bag from my house of all the good stuff from my house. So it's protein bars, chocolate, biscuits, anything like that. He had to take it from my house because I thought I can't have it in the house. It's too much temptation for me. And this was pre-show. And then he brought it back the day of my show and he's had to take it again. Because yeah. it's, it's too much still. I'm like, I need it out the house. And it's because I recognise that the minute I open and have a tiny bite, I won't be able to stop. Yeah. And I think that, that goes for anyone. That's regardless of a show. If you know what your weakness is, don't let that weakness come into your house. Because there's no point. Because unless you are really, really strong and your willpower is through the roof, you will not be able to control it. Did did Liam not so, did Liam not smash any of that then? <laughs> so it all come back. No, because he'd been warned. He had been <laughs> warned. Liam got a lot of warnings through my prep on stealing my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um if we could sort of backtrack because obviously the competition aside for is obviously com- competing isn't gonna be everybody's sort of forte or not everybody's goal. No. Um we did. Did we? We didn't say because you came. It was second, wasn't it? Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that amazing. Awesome. First competition, winning. Um, the only so, pro- what would you sorry, say? Sorry, mate. Of- before you go on, you only got one place to go now. That's the only problem. You've set yourself know, up yeah, to a tough said deal. That, and I am so competitive. And everyone was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you came second." Because now this means you're going to have to come first. I'm sure I'm you'll like, smash yeah, it. Yeah, I know. You'll, you'll smash it. I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So. Sort of, um, what would you say your biggest obstacles in sort of that you found in your sort of journey so far? I guess so, ignoring anything to do with my prep or my competition because they are very, very different journeys. I guess, in terms of general weight loss, um, for me, there are a number of things. So, I think when you first start, it's that kind of. <laughs> I don't think everyone necessarily understands or takes you serious that that's your goal, especially for me, because I'd always been that girl that would just eat what I wanted and go out drinking and never really say no to that pizza or that burger or whatever we were doing. And I think at the start, people don't necessarily take you serious and you can kind of be alone. You expect support and people will always say, yeah, I'm going to support you. But they don't necessarily. You've got to kind of get through it alone and I used to have people saying to me oh you're so boring because I wouldn't go out drinking at a weekend because I didn't want to drink even though I I did want to drink and I wanted to go out but I wanted to lose weight more and it's really hard when people are saying oh you're so boring or oh you're no fun anymore and you've you've got to suck it up because 
it, at the end of the day, it's about you. And I, I think that's one of the hardest things, getting people around you on board and believing that you're going to do this. People, um, do, people do accidentally sabotage, don't they? they don't, so a lot of times they don't even realise they're doing it, but they can soon sabotage people's yeah. goals. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even think they mean to. And, you know, if I said to my friends now, like, that was really hard when you used to do that, they'd be, they'd be mortified. But I think it's just because they don't, they don't, I don't think it's necessarily that they don't believe you can do it. I think it's that they don't believe that you want it enough, especially when I was starting out, because it was such a massive change for me. And I don't think they understand what impact it can have. So you going out for a pizza one night can have a massive impact on your results. And I don't think anyone else really appreciates that. So I'd say that's one of the biggest issues that I face. And also, you know, as I've touched on around like kind of the different ways that you can lose weight, I think my limited knowledge and I get sucked into things quite easy or I used to. um, I think that's a massive obstacle, especially these days with social media, because you know, I even get it now, like people will message me and be like, oh, do you want to try my product? It's great for this. Or do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? And I think when you're desperate to lose weight, you'll, you'll try anything and you get sucked into shit that doesn't work. Instead of just taking time and not rushing it because you want results now and you're not willing to wait for them. And you think that magic pill or whatever is going to work. Um, and I think that's the massive issue these days that people sell things to you and they sell a dream of a body that you want. Um, and, I, and I had that as well. And I think it's even worse now. Um. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of leads us quite nicely into sort of the social media. Do you think how much social media contributes to sort of a negative body, body image around? I guess now it's probably even more sort of out in the open about men and women are affected and so yeah. i guess prior it would more be like oh women are more affected by the next sort of the negative body image that is sort of in the media but i think it's kind of spreading across to both it's sort of a realization that it does affect both sexes quite a lot yeah i think you're right i think it's only recently kind of been realized that men are, are impacted by it as well but i actually think men are really impacted by it um i think I'm this is something I'm quite passionate about because for me social media can impact um how you feel about yourself how you feel about others it makes people brave and think that they're allowed to say shit to you that they would not say to you otherwise and it promotes like fat shaming and it promotes fit shaming which I've suffered both and and I think it's outrageous because I think not only when you first start a journey you you look at these women on social media who have got insane bodies who you aspire to be like I used to obsess over Paige Hathaway obsess and I, I wanted to look like her and now now that I've been through this journey of kind of I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned to love myself not in an arrogant way but I appreciate what my body does and has done for me and now I look at someone like Paige Hathaway and think, I don't want to look like that. And I know that's not necessarily real. And, you know, I, I don't, I still don't think women realize, and men, that the images women or men share on Instagram are the best images they have of themselves. It's very rare that you see a bad image of someone. 
And it's like anything, people only share the good on social media. You know, you look at someone's relationship and they'll only share the good times. They're never going to share when they're having an argument or kind of like holidays. You'll only share the good stuff. You won't share. And like the holidays that you book in, you'll never share the days where you can't afford to pay your bills. And it's the same with your body. Like you look at these women and men who are sharing pictures of their bodies looking amazing, but they don't look like that all the time. Like I've been sharing my stage day pictures because I look like that for like five hours. I don't look like that now. I didn't look like that the day before. I didn't look like that the day after. But people don't realize that. And I think social media can just make people think that they they want to be like someone else. And they're striving to have a body of someone that it's not theirs. And they will never get that body because it isn't theirs. You can have goals and you can think, I want to have you know, I want to have strong quads or I want to do this or I want a physique similar to that. But I just think it makes people feel shit about themselves because they're trying to be someone else. And I think people need to realize that they can only be themselves. Use them people as motivation and inspiration, but don't just want to be them. Like, And I think it just makes people feel shitty about themselves, really. And the amount of the amount of times women, I, I get it now, women say to me, oh, I wish I had a body like yours. Now, I don't even have uh, like a 10 out of 10 body. Like I, I recognize that. And some of these women, I think you do have a body as good as mine or better, but because it's your own, you don't recognize it. You're happy to say to another woman, oh, you look amazing or I love that part of you. But they will never say it to themselves looking in the mirror. I just don't get it. And I, I, I think it's, it is down to social media and the expectation that we all have, like, this perfect physique and, and stuff like that. Like, I shared a post a while ago about my loose skin because I obviously do suffer with loose skin and it's something that I'm very conscious of. And the amount of women that message me, like, I'm so glad you shared that because you don't look like you have loose skin in your pictures. I think well, I'm not going to show a picture with my stomach all like up close showing you because I'm very self-conscious of it. But people just didn't think I had it. And I, I thought people need to see what's actually real and social media doesn't show them that. And as I say, I think social media allows people to be negative towards other people, which I do not like. Like the amount of people that will comment on my pictures being negative sometimes. And I just think, what well, gives you the right to be negative towards someone? Yeah. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. I always remember Jamie Alderton posting something about how the internet just gives everybody a voice, which is obviously a really positive thing in a lot of aspects, but it's also like a really negative thing because it just allows these like trolls or whatever you want to call yeah. them really just to, to be able to say something. And to be honest, I think people just don't really understand the effect they can have on social media to people like we're like every, you're a human being like everyone else like these things matter and can affect you and you know can generally make people feel depressed upset and it's, it's tragic but it's just so true it does hurt so yeah, yeah. And, it, and more so now because a lot of people this is really sad but a lot of people post stuff now on social media for acceptance mm. and that's not where acceptance should come from no. but people post it and then people are negative about them and it makes them feel even worse, worse. about themselves. Yeah. And we're just in a vicious cycle. Yeah. Do you think, think there's a realistic expectations of what to expect? If they go on a journey, right, I'm going to look like that person, knowing that you're probably never going to get there. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and you know, as well, we're, we're all guilty of only sharing the good because I know, like, a lot of people said to me in my prep, like, God, you know, you, you've handled this really well. You've been so positive and things like that. My boyfriend would tell you the opposite. And he, all through my prep, was saying, I never want you to do this again. It's so hard. It's awful watching you do this to yourself because he saw the bad sides of it. And I was never going to share on my social media the times when I was crying or the times when I couldn't talk because my energy was that low, I couldn't talk. And I, and I just think people don't don't seem to realise that. And we're all guilty of only sharing the good. And I think that, that does need to change. But people also need to realise that it, it's just not reality. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting because I was going to, we kind of talked about that between ourselves. Like how, because when you and uh, you met, your boyfriend Liam it was kind of you met but then you had there was obviously you lived distance apart so you kind of had a long distance relationship but then moved into prep so you've kind of that is such an extra strain on a brand new relationship yeah so I mean I've met been nice enough to meet Liam and um he's a great guy and he's been on his own journey hasn't he as well and he's kind of lost it do you think that having a boyfriend that's been through some sort of journey has sort of strengthened the relationship to a point or, or at least allowed sort of that coping mechanism when you were going for a prep. Because, I mean, sometimes if you meet, if you met a girl that was in prep and you just met that time, you'd be like, she's crazy. I'm out of it. <laughs> yeah, Liam was held hostage for six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Liam has lost about five stone himself. Um, and that was before we met. So Liam has had a significant weight loss as well. And it, the good thing about that is when I'm feeling some of the things that you do feel when you've been overweight. So you might feel insecure about things or or you might, you know, I have a massive fear of getting overweight again. That is a genuine fear of mine that I lose control and I, and I end up where I used to be. And Liam understands that, whereas I think a lot of people wouldn't because they haven't been there. But he has a similar fear, probably not to the extent I do, but he knows what that feels like. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like we we were we got together in August. Um, we met on Instagram um, and we got together in August. And then I started my prep in January. And it's yeah, we we're four hour drive each way apart. So we're eight hours apart. And then we had the stress of prep, which massively takes it out of us. And, you know, I say to him, and I, I say this to everyone, if it was the other way around, I wouldn't have stood by him because you are so selfish in prep. But I think he he admired kind of the journey I was going on and he knew it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be forever. Um, and actually, the day of my show, I said to him, do you think it was worth it because like I say pretty much all throughout my prep he was like I never want you to do this again um it's it's not nice watching you do it and it's too hard um and then the day of my show I said do you think it was worth it and he said yeah he said to see you that happy was I would support you through it time and time again and I think it's just because he then realized what it meant and because he had been through a similar journey he's not gone through prep or anything but he understood what a massive achievement that was so yeah, I think it. I think it definitely helps. We've got something in common there because uh, I hooked up with Liam on Instagram as well. So ages ago, <laughs> month, months and months ago, and I, to be fair, I was like shout out to him because he's a top. He's a top bloke. 
Uh, you know what? I remember the day you started following him. He actually told me that you'd started following him. Really? I was like, all right, calm down. Lad, lad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, a, he's, a, he's actually genuinely a top bloke. So uh, you've done all right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Here's a question for yourself. If you're going to compete again, what would you do differently, if anything? So I am competing again. So I plan to compete in 2019. So me and my coach have said that I'm going to take an 18 months off season. Um, I think next time, um, I think I think it will be easier because I'll know what to expect. I think I'd probably be a bit more kind of open with my friends about what I was going through. My friends were really supportive, but I kind of didn't show them how tough it was or anything I just kind of sucked it up and got on with it but I'd probably be a bit more open so they understood what I was going through um I would probably actually try and be a bit less flexible so I I was still very flexible in my prep um you know in my peak week I, I made my own ice cream but I was eating like three bowls of ice cream a day um and I probably would try and kind of rein it in a bit earlier because it was it was hard for me because my coach um, said at four weeks out I had to cut out jelly, which I literally survived on jelly because my calories were that low. It was like my sweet hit, and she said you need to cut it out. Uh, diet Coke and diet fizzy drinks. I needed to cut them out, and I'd become too reliant on them. They were literally what I was having to get through my day, so I'd probably not rely on things like that as much. Did Did you have I'd not rely on all the volume stuff? Pardon. Did you have like um? Because I think a lot of people have water retention issues with artificial sweeteners, don't they? So, did you have yeah. that problem? Yeah, like I, I really, really suffer with kind of bloating and water mm. retention, and I think women naturally do. Right. Um, I think women generally probably suffer with that type of thing more than males do. Um, but yeah, I used to put sweetener in everything. Like I, I made some right random stuff with like my recipes and things that were reliant on all these products and sweet artificial sweeteners and then I had to cut them all out and I found that really hard um so probably next time in my prep I wouldn't be so reliant and I'd just go a bit more bro so everyone kept saying just have more of a bro approach and I was like I'm not going bro I'm not doing that um, I refuse to and now I wish I had just because the last couple of weeks were just too hard yeah so. yeah I think there's sort of a that's one of the things and there's kind of like a case we said that it becomes a challenge to be flexible like just to prove you can be flexible, not saying yeah. like necessarily eating pop tarts. Whereas, actually, sometimes it is pretty good just to throw it up and go back to just basics because it is basic. Yeah. It's basic eating in the end of the day. You're just fueling yeah. with the least fanciest food yeah. to get the calories in in the most nutrient dense way. Bro, I'm still yeah. having chicken, rice, uh, rice, and broccoli every day. And I'm, and I'm up on like 3,000 plus calories now. I'm still having chicken, rice and broccoli every day. Don't say that. That's just anti-gains. <laughs> I think, I think. See, whereas I, I wasn't eating anything like that throughout my whole prep. I, I was refusing to eat like anything. And I refused up until my peak week. I even refused to eat from a Tupperware. So mm. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I refused to just go that extreme because I didn't, I, I didn't think you had to. But then you do. You, I wish I had earlier on. I think you've, you've proved you don't have to. I think it's more of a case of it's just a bit more sensible maybe too for the reasons yeah. of satiation, if anything. 
Yeah, I like, I like eating out of Tupperware. Me too. Just putting it out there. Yeah. I don't know, I'm quite weird, like sort of OCD. <laughs> so like, say I've got, it's going to be obviously tuna and rice. Obviously. Obvious. But like when you're eating it, you can kind of square it into the corner. It's just, I'm quite <laughs> neat when it comes to eating. Like I'm very methodical with my eating. I'll eat the vegetables first. Whatever I want the most will be the last thing I eat. Get rid of the veg. I think I think eating is like an occasion, and it's the whole enjoyment of the occasion. So having a plate and then like setting the table and sitting down and things like yeah. that, it's the whole occasion of eating. Um, I make a big fuss out of it. So, oh, so were, you, were you royalty in like a past life? So, I, quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Still is no now. True, yeah, true. So, so you made the podcast about a thousand times more glamorous, I guess. Like we said, we've got two bald chaps and a, well, what are you, 52 now, mate? Or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Sophie, if you had one piece of advice for, obviously, the women listeners, so just because I think, obviously, they'll relate really well, um, who wants to lose weight, what would it be? I think uh, for men and women, really, just be patient and stay consistent i think staying consistent is my biggest piece of advice to anyone Mm. because you can get derailed quite quickly you can get kind of disheartened quite quickly i think especially for women your weight will fluctuate a lot and you've got to learn about what works for you and you know that Sometimes I I especially suffered this in the last six months. That sorry, I know you're all male, so sorry for the detail. But women, obviously, with their cycles and their periods, will their weight will jump up and down. And if you look at your weight over the month rather than week on week, that's a lot better mentally for you, or it was for me because my weight could go up massively, and in kind of the few days prior, and then as well, kind of in terms of how much food you need so a lot of women suffer with wanting more chocolate and that type of thing so actually if you are tracking macros or whatever your approach learn that about yourself and see you know if if that is the case do your macros over two weeks and have more chocolate this week because you need it and then kind of cut back the week after and it's I think understanding yourself and what what your body does and how it responds to things is really important because the minute you get disheartened you'll give up if you're not seeing the result on the scale that you want you'll give up especially at the start because I think a lot of us kind of start and think right I want to lose two pounds a week and if I don't lose two pounds a week it's failing and I'm not bothering and I think we are a bit irrational like that um so you've just got to stay consistent and do not compare yourself to anyone else because the minute you compare yourself you'll you'll feel like you failed because if you're not losing what Susan next door's losing, who you go into a weight group with, then you, you've already failed and, and you haven't. It's just your journey and I think you've got to focus only on yourself. Yeah, brilliant advice, I think, because I think people still look for the magic and they still think, oh, I, I can lose 10 pounds a week, what's the magic pill, what's the magic drink? But when you just exactly said, you be consistent you can't be consistent, you will never get who you want to be. And it's simple, yeah. and people almost don't want to hear it, but it's just reality. Yeah, it's boring. Like, it's so boring to say, 
just do the same thing every week and stay consistent and tick your boxes and that's all you need. But one thing people don't realise is if, if say, you have a six-week period and for that six weeks you stay consistent and you lose six pounds in that week, that's great. But these people who don't like consistency because it's boring, they want to lose it straight away. So say you've got six weeks and they lose four pounds in the initial week and then they don't lose anything. Then they're derailed for four weeks because they're pissed off because they, they lost four pounds and then they didn't lose anything. They've got one week left. They've put that four pounds back on and they're further behind than where they were when they initially started. If they'd have stayed consistent and gone with a slow game, they'd be fine. They'd be where they want to be. What's the rush? Like, there is no rush. And, you know, you might have a goal, but when I started, my goal was not, I want to be seven stone lighter because straight away that that would just be demotivating because it was so far away. I was never going to achieve that goal. And I just think that's what people need to realize that just slow and steady, small changes and staying consistent will get you where you want to be. It might not be tomorrow, but so what? There are so many more tomorrows. You just got to enjoy the process. Totally agree. I'm I'm still failing in my uh, attempt to become Tom Hardy's body double. (laughs) In in Warrior, the Warrior film, not in Bronson. I'm probably closer to that at the moment. (laughs) Definitely not. When I first started training, I always looked at like things back in the sixties and seventies, plus all of the genetic factor and all that sort of stuff. But I think now, as you said earlier, social media is worse because all you see is the best of people. At their peak, sometimes these people are professionals, and then general population, like like all us, think at the start, oh, I can get to that level, and then you end up being sort of disappointed when you're not, as a man, eighteen stone shredded. And you just think, oh, it's not going to happen. I think it's like anything, though. Like I, I have people that speak to me in the gym, and you know, like before prep, when I was a bit stronger, I'm pretty weak right now, but I was. I was doing my deadlifting and I was deadlifting over a hundred kilos and you know for someone who's as small as I am that's pretty decent and people were saying to me women were saying to me oh like why can't I deadlift that or why am I not able to do that and I think you've got to build up to it like I didn't wake up yesterday never deadlifted in my life and then deadlifted 100 kilos and it's the same thing like you're not going to become an expert overnight at anything whether that's your weight loss, whether that's your weight lifting, whatever it is, it takes time and it takes practice. And all it is is just sticking with the same plan and being consistent, whatever the goal is. And it, as, as you said, Johnny, it's it's boring to say that. And it's, it's not exciting, but that that's all that it is. People need so, to talk reality. Yeah. So with goals in mind, what is um laying in the future for you so what have you got so besides we said about competing again in 18 months what else is there what what have you got planned so um within that time i'm looking at doing a powerlifting competition anyway um to keep me focused and because i do like strength i do like being strong um so that's kind of the goal next summer to build cool. up to that um besides that yeah I think I'm a bit of a hippie sometimes. And if any, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I always post something that says memories over macros. 
because I think it's really important to just enjoy life and make some memories. Um, so one of the things I kind of want to do now is just kind of enjoy my relationship with Liam because we've not really had a proper relationship yet. Um, and he's moving in in the next month or so. Oh, amazing. So that'll be good. He's becoming a fellow Mancunian, leaving the Welsh behind. Um, and then I just kind of want to look at my own business as well. So obviously, as I said, I'm currently studying for my PT qualification, um, which I don't necessarily rate really, but I'm doing it just to get that box ticked. Um, and I've got my nutrition already. So I want to be able to help other people, mainly women, with big weight loss goals that I had achieve their goals. So I think that's the main focus for me over the next six months. Um, and I have a very good career as well outside of this. Um, I do have a very good career and I kind of want to progress in that. Um, and that's kind of taken a six month kind of seat as well. So I think it's just focusing on other things and just enjoying training, but enjoying life as well. And I think one of the biggest things is I just want to become a bit more relaxed about eating. Mm. When I think when you're, you're tracking macros, even though it's great and it's good to be flexible, I think you can become a bit obsessed. And in my whole kind of past 18 months of flexible dieting, I've only had two meals that have been untracked, completely untracked. And I just want to learn to kind of relax a little bit more, really. I know that's a really boring goal, but I do. Right, no, that is, that is such a cool goal because you see it all the time. People do get so obsessive. And I think the, the, the body composition and the like and whatever else it's not really relevant, really. The, the biggest thing you can do is probably just to be happy. Like, I know it sounds really, like, it does sound a bit hippie, but just be happy. Like, happy with your food, happy your relationship with your food, all those things. Because to be honest, I think more people have poor relationships with food than they'd ever dare to admit. Or So, yeah, I think that's a, yeah. that's, that's a quality goal. It's superb. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, because like, it's probably slightly different for Liam, because he probably does. Does Liam does track sometimes, I guess, and yeah, yeah. Track it. But how much does it annoy your partners? It really bugs people if they're not on the same sort of. It just annoys. I know how much it annoys my girlfriend at times, and she yeah. just. But she's put up with a fair bit, especially when they're sort of in the dark bits of dieting, putting up with all the losses that come with that. My grumpy, extra grumpiness. <laughs> because you don't have enough macros to fit in tuna. Oh no, actually no. You probably have to go from tuna's fine. You probably have to go from sunflower oil to brine, right? Did nothing. Did nothing. There's no drain. <laughs> no drain. That's where. That's where it's won. But yeah, I think. Yeah, that. I think it does annoy your partner, and I don't think people realise how much it does. But I know that on Sunday we went out, and I was tracking, but I kind of tracked at the end of the day. And I said to Liam, oh, have you liked today? Because, you know, I've had like a brownie and I had some jelly beans and I, I haven't freaked out. And he was like, yeah, like, it's been nice. I thought, oh, it must really impact him. <laughs> it's like sneaky, sneakily going to the toilet before bed and putting my stuff <laughs> in my fitness pal. Yeah. What are you doing down there? Yeah. To be fair, mate, that's, that is typically me at every meal. Jenna's going, what are you doing? Yeah. Nothing. Trying to, well, I definitely think my partner thought for ages probably uh, some untoward was going on, and I, she's like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like, oh, "It's just these guys. What guys that you never met? Yeah, Ed and I met Ed. Oh yeah, met <laughs> Brett or 
I'm like, mm-hmm. but I think she accepted that as opposed to the bad thought of thinking I had a bit on the side. So it's just, Mate, I, I reckon yeah. we're worse. We'd probably take up more of your time if you had a mistress. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like I said, dude, like, look at my phone when I wake up, there's like 70 messages. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, catch up God. with these idiots. Yeah. But no. Um, I think we're nearly wrapping up. I think so. Obviously, I just want to have a big thank you for coming on. Now, in quite finished because we do like to ask, I guess, a few funny questions. So um, you haven't been sent these either, I don't think. So you won't have been pre-prepared. They're not that. They're not that intrusive. So don't worry. Um, all that funny. All that funny. They are. F- <laughs> I came up with these. These are hilarious. What are you saying? Uh, I think. The first one, I don't know if you've already touched on it. I can't remember if you have. I don't think you have. So I think we probably talk more about the rigid stuff you're eating. But what is your favourite flexible food? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> That's that a really that easy one. Type of pizza? I have pizza. Do. Type of pizza? Topping? I make, well, I make them myself, so the homemade pizzas. Um, I had a great pizza last night. It was chicken and stuffing. It was so good. Shout. Um, yeah. Yeah, really good. But I do just like a vegetable pizza, actually. It's a bit boring, but I just love a good vegetable and cheese pizza. Does fruit count? Pineapple? No. No, I don't like pineapple. Uh, Liam always puts pineapple on his pizza, and I do not like it. Pineapple has to go on pizza. Like, shout out to Big Nuge, because Shane Nuge, he absolutely loves pineapple on his pizza. When I say love, I mean hates. (laughs) No, I'm not into it at all. Oh, wow. But yeah, pizza, definitely. Okay. Okay, um, I'm expecting a specific answer on this one from you, from uh, the Manchester area, but best burger joint you've been to? I, I thought you would ask me this because I've obviously heard oh, on your yeah. podcast, yeah. and I'm, I'm quite ashamed to say, say right, I've convinced, I've convinced myself that I don't like burgers. <laughs> Over the past kind of few years, I've thought I really don't like burgers and right. whatnot, um, so I don't eat them. However... <laughs> so sad right Liam, because Liam and I live so far away from each other we're planning to meet up midpoint so we're doing a two hour drive each to go on right. a date in two weeks time on a Sunday yeah and last night we were sat there in my living room trying to find the five guys in the middle of us both because he really wants to go <laughs> and I was like I may as well go <laughs> I'm not joking yes. we sat there for half an hour with the map looking for a five guys where, where, where's in the middle then where, where's, where does the middle end up well, the one that we found is near like Dudley. Dudley, so oh it's God. a bit near further Birmingham. for him, near, I think. Near Birmingham, um, right? Dudley. Yeah. Why don't you go into Birmingham? Go into yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, I think we, I think we're gonna have to go into Birmingham yeah. and then drive to the Five Guys, which don't, is really don't, sad. No, so no, no, no. We might not do that. Now. Don't do that. Don't go to Five Guys. Go into Birmingham and go to and make a note of this: Original Patty Men. Okay. Right. Just please promise me you will not go to Five Guys. Just promise me. Well, I'm I'm not overly bothered by Five Guys. In Manchester, there's obviously like Almost Famous, which is meant to be amazing. That's what burgers. I was. It is. That's what I was hoping you were going to say because it is. The, yeah, Liam wants to go there top, as well. Top to two. Be honest, so we top, probably will end up there. It's top two. Top two burger yeah. places, Almost Famous. So, for me anyway. Mm. Right. Okay. Don't go to Five Guys. Original Patty Men. In fact, I'm going to speak to Liam. I'm going to get you to go there because it's, <laughs> it's just yeah. Five Guys can't even compete. So what this is a, this is a good question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, and it doesn't even have to be diet, nutrition, training, or anything. If you don't want it to be, like, I guess the best piece of advice 
um, is, this is so cheesy, but probably from my mum, which is just believe in yourself. Because I think that applies in so many situations and it applies to weight loss, it applies to fitness, it applies to anything. That unless you believe in yourself, you'll never you'll never achieve anything because you have to believe that you can get there. Mm. And, it, you, you know, we all have self-doubt and we all have moments where we wobble, but there's nothing that you can't achieve. And I genuinely believe that if you set your mind to something, you can achieve it. Um, and I think, I know that's really cheesy, but I, I probably would say just believe in yourself. Cool. Good answer. No, no, absolutely strong. Right, here comes the best one. So you're going to have to pay very close attention. Um, I have to pay close attention because, to be honest, it's a hard question to ask. Would you rather be attacked attacked by one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? 100 duck-sized horses. Only because I'm scared of birds. (laughs) (laughs) So to be attacked by a massive duck would be like my worst nightmare. Okay. You've actually probably given the best reasoned response to why because normally it's a bit like it i don't know because a duck seems not so fierce i don't know and you think it's fucking huge have you seen how big a, a horse is and yeah, uh, no, that would be my worst nightmare i once actually when i was a kid i got chased by chickens in this farm and then i realized it's because i had chicken food in my hands <laughs> but i had been chased and that's where the initial fear came from and then i was at a zoo and I got locked in the bird enclosure, and at the, at the door was an ostrich, and I started having a panic attack. So Christ. I think it would be awful. Yeah, I, I think your uh, fear of birds is warranted, to be honest, by the sound of it. <laughs> Weirdly, while you're talking about birds, I've just come back in after putting 50p in the meter for the internet, is my auntie was on this morning, the programme this morning, yesterday morning. My auntie's a little bit crazy talking about a dream that she had where chickens were outside dressed as soldiers shooting at her through the window. This is on live <laughs> telly. I will post you all the link. Oh, it's, God. Yeah, we're, we're in uh, worries with the family. But anyway. Yeah, that's a bit strange. <laughs> it, it even went live on over, like it took over Twitter for a bit last night, this crazy lady that was talking about chickens shooting at her. You can look it up. Chickens with guns. Oh, my God. I'm going to look at that in a minute. Yeah, speaking of social media, how can people find you on Instagram? Because you've got a, quite a nice little Instagram going on. Yeah, uh, my Instagram is sophielee.k, and Lee is spelled elderly, like the boy's name. Um, so, yeah, that's my Instagram. I do have a link on there to my blog, because I do sometimes write blog posts about kind of weight loss and just my tips and stuff. But my Instagram is probably the best place to find me, to be honest. That's where I share most of my recipes and Random food concoctions. I've heard awesome. you. I've heard and seen, obviously, on your Instagram that you are quite the macro wizard. Yeah, I do. I do like uh, getting the most from my macros. To be honest, so what, what, I just love cooking. I think it's good when you love cooking. I think you can become quite savvy with your macros. When people say, "Oh, uh, I'm so hungry," I just think, just use your macros wisely. Make some mm. random stuff. <laughs> Cool. Boys, you got anything else you want to add? No, I think we had a really good one, this one. Yeah. Great guest. Th- this is going to go down well, I know. It's going to be an awesome episode. Oh, thank mm. you. Thank you for having me. It's All been right, very thank good. You. All right, well, we've got no aid, so I'm going to have to push the button. 
So okay. uh, I will stop right now. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.